is a public service announcement on behalf of the End Podcast. Now, usually you'd hear me talk about explicit language and adult themes, but to be perfectly frank, I'm still fucking arsehole after Christmas. So you're just going to have to hang on by the skin of your teeth and come what may, we will proceed. Toodle pip. (laughs) (laughs) Right, this is the end of year episode of the end podcast and instead of the usual insight information and reviews we are gonna hit you all up with our end of year lists and tim is going to be as gracious as possible curating the lists and then at the end of it hopefully we're going to have some winners and and if not then we're going to scratch our heads and and start again (laughs) (laughs) so before we start and i say this each week i need to be much much better at this because i always forget we are the end pod we are on all platforms we're on spotify soundcloud apple Podcasts, youtube instagram and twitter it is for example on twitter at the end underscore pod if you like this then please 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 throw us a subscription on whatever platform that you are listening to and like and like and comment and if you give us a review those five star reviews if that's what we want and if you can do that then we'll give you a shout on the next podcast so without further ado the topics that i have chosen <laughs> for the cast to think about are publisher writer artist the best newcomer the best comics tv um, the best streaming platform so before we are started i'm going to whip around the cast and they can say hello so you can recognize voices and pick up who they are drawing so joe would you like to introduce yourself please yeah, Joe Pocket here. Always a pleasure to be here on Sundays with the crew, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. So stay tuned for some uh, for some good times. Some good times, and very enjoyable too, just hearing that introduction, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Tim, over to you, friend. What have you got to tell the people? Have you had a good Christmas? Oh, man, I had a great Christmas. Thank you, and I hope all you guys had a great Christmas, and all the listeners too. I will be, my name's Tim. You can find me at TM Bagshaw on Twitter and all platforms, and I'm your intrepid stenographer for the day so let's get it yeah and it's my wifey for lifey it's tara (laughs) what have you got for the people tara they don't know about this yet (laughs) 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 so my name is tara and i'm coming to you from the mid-atlantic east coast in delaware and what have i got for the people um i have got the newbie perspective is what I've got today. <laughs> so hopefully I won't be the newbie. I won't feel and be feeling so newbie for so long, but that's where I am right now. Well, if I'm doing my job properly, you will do. <laughs> <laughs> Goose, last but certainly not least, how how is it uh, being sexy in Texas today? Oh, well, it was good until I found out I was no longer your wifey for life. <laughs> uh, You're a thruple. Guess I'll... <laughs> okay that works for me a little threes company i'll I'll deal with it uh no uh do great we had an awesome christmas i got to hang out at the house and 
do absolutely nothing for the past couple of days and it's been awesome here from texas or hell however you want to say it but uh yeah let's get this thing on the road oh we, we didn't say it was a monogamous goose there's, there's no way that the the two relationships are mutually exclusive i am both <laughs> there were there were lines in the sand i'm committed to you both exclusively <laughs> You know what? This is exactly how the Trojan War started. And so... Uh, <laughs> when you said Trojan, do you mean the condoms? Is that what this <laughs> is? The Trojan War? <laughs> Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually massively rapey because it implies that you slip in without anybody noticing. <laughs> Marketing fail! Bye, everybody. <laughs> If that's not a great relaxer for everyone, I don't know what is. So, okay, we'll start with publisher. And Tim, if you have your scribe ready. Joe. I'm ready. Top three publishers, please. Uh, well, number one, I'm going to go with DC Black Label. That uh, Their Black Label is awesome, man. It's just quality, quality title after quality title. My number two will have to go to Image. Just the plethora of books they put out with the creators that can just stretch their creative muscles is just great. And the third one, I had a hard time. I was going back and forth between Dark Horse and Boom. And I decided to go with Boom because you have Tinian, you had Spurrier that put something out. Uh, it was, and I love both those books that came out. One was Alienated and the other one was Something is Killing the Children. And Tinian actually put out the uh, wind as well and those three titles I, I enjoyed them all so i'm going with boom for number three you ready to move on to yes can i just uh ask a point of order yes which is it doesn't matter how we're ranking them so in other words joe said dc label number one image number two boom number three or is it like that's three nominations each get one vote yeah each one gets one vote it's um it's a okay. modal count got it um, i actually thought you were going to ask it a different question in the past, it's been do we com do we count Young Animal, Vertigo, and DC all as the same thing, or do we split them up? Well, either way, if you ask me, Black Label was so good that it props DC up there, regardless of the crap other crap that came out. Okay. Black Label was so so strong. I would say to label it because because DC took uh, Vertigo and basically made that it's it's like Black Label thing, and we would have separated DC and Vertigo a year ago. So I, I, I don't yeah, know. Definitely so. Okay, agreed. Okay, well, I'll go next. First one I'm choosing is Image. And I think that they've gone from having a very image trope to a lot of their titles and having a few standout, the rising tide moved all ships kind of thing to in, in the last year, probably longer. They've just had this expanding catalogue of quality. And it seems that they just have this knack of knowing which creatives to green light for which titles. And yeah, they are really, really impressive. Really impressive. Second one has to be Marvel. I think that it's easy to knock them as a publisher because they're biggest. Um, however, I think what we've seen since C.B. Sobolski taking over is that they've trimmed the fat of the 50 or 60 titles that were they were arbitrarily being greenlit every six months and most of them didn't last. I think we've seen a promotion of creatives onto titles that they wanted to write on. 
um, Kate's on Venom. We had we have Ewan on Hulk. We have the Rosenberg on Punisher. And I think it really shows when you have creatives working on books that they care about and they want to and they have a history with. I think on top of that, there hasn't been this same propensity for green lighting stuff and then cancelling it before it's the first issues even hit the shelves. I know we had a little bit of trouble with um, lockdown this year, but I think that they're more inclined through C.B. Sobolski's leadership to to try minis and to dip their toes. And I also think the, the, the residing quality in the staff writers is just doing bits. Like, we're probably seeing the, the greatest runs on certain characters that we've had in a long while, going back to, to what I, I just said. So I think for the depth of quality, the quality of writers has improved and the tale isn't quite as long. So yeah, definitely Marvel for me this year. And the last one really had me thinking. And with the way that I read indie books... It's probably a little unfair because I wouldn't really be talking about 2020. So I've kind of taken a lateral look on this and I've chosen Omni Press. And the reason why I like Omni is because of the free reign that they give Cullen Bunn to do whatever he wants. And they do young adult stuff. They do some licensed stuff as well. But to have the capacity to give someone like Cullen Bunn just free reign to just say, do what you want and we'll put it out there. I think that deserves a lot of respect. So... So yeah, possibly a bit uh, free and loose with the last one, but they're my three. Tari, you're up next. Okay, thank you. So as I, I guess I am in the role of the newbie, so my chant this morning has been embrace the suck because, <laughs> <laughs> because feeling like you're just pulling stuff out of the air kind of sucks. Um, but <laughs> it's where I am, so laugh with me. Uh, any of you who've ever heard of Brene Brown before, she would call this an FFT. Are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. I'm not, but I'm excited to find out. Am I allowed to say the bad words? You can say all the bad words you like. We're all about the bad words here. Okay, she calls them fucking first time, <laughs> and that they suck, and we all think it's us that's doing the sucking, so to speak. I'm going to be sorry I said that, because you can soundbite <laughs> it now. Um, that's why I'm embracing the suck. Okay, so for publisher, the first thing that jumped into my head was image. Um, you know that I'm a little bit biased. I think some of you know, because I know you before I got here, but the one of the main things that drew me back into reading graphic novels and comics was finding out about Philadelphia. When I was hearing other people talk about Image, they were saying, well, if it counts as an indie anymore. And I've never, I hadn't heard that before. I hadn't heard anybody trying to place it in its own place. So that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons that I chose it. Since I don't have to suck up and... <laughs> <laughs> One of the big two, um, I guess for me, I had boom because of something is killing the children and, and James Tinian as well. I've been finding a lot of things I like on TKO like, lately too, like Red Fork. So those were my my three in no particular order. I, I actually flirted with a TKO because I read Sarah. Uh, Are you easy? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Buy me a drink at last orders. <laughs> I'm anybody's. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, and I thought, well, it seems... It seems a, a little bit, a bit uh, too loose to pick something that I've read one one title of, and, and it probably wasn't even this year. But I actually forced my mum to read it on Christmas Eve as well, and she'd never read a comic in her life. Was that the one you gave her? Good. Yeah, yeah, because she I likes because like, kind of murdery mystery stuff, and I, I said, "Mum, you've got to read this." So I put it on a bed. She goes, "Oh well, I'll make time." I went, "No, you won't." So every half an hour, I knocked on the door, and I was like, "Mum, you read that book yet?" And then she'd go, no. And then I'd open the door and I'd go, oh, is this a good program? She goes, yeah, 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 it's good. I've watched, been watching it for a good few weeks now. I'd go, oh, so you must have read that book then by now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did just constantly monitor and monitor until she picked it up and she she actually really enjoyed it. But I think that's half the battle though when you're trying to get people to pick up comics that they think it's all just superheroes and they don't realize that it's as nuanced and as varied as what you watch on television or what you listen to on the radio or what you might go to the cinema to see. Like there is something there for everybody. And I think it's just once you can break that door down and they can accept it as a medium, then I think you've got them on People tend to assume that comics is a genre as opposed to a medium. And once you can get them to think about it differently, you you can get people to read them. Mm, Definitely so. And I always try, like even if I've been on one like Tinder date with somebody, I'll always ask them, like, tell me your, your three favorite TV series from this year or your three favorite films of all time, knowing that I'll probably possibly never see them again. And then because they're so cheap now that you can pick like one or two of them up, 10, 15 quid or something, and you can just send them across. And then, especially during lockdown, sorry, wifey. <laughs> like we said, we're open, we're free spirited. <laughs> uh-huh. I found out. yeah sucks to be you right now huh (laughs) hey this isn't the first time i've been mean in this (laughs) but um but yeah it's good because i think some people say it to be nice to you but they've got no intention of of picking them up ever but then i feel like even if it's 50 50 that you've introduced something to somebody that they they wouldn't have otherwise given a chance funny because you gave your mom sarah for her first book yeah yeah. and i was on twitter the other day and uh whiskey bro is jeff I gave him a bunch of books and Sarah was one of them and he gave it to his dad. So his dad could read it to try to get his dad into comics. So it's funny. That book is kind of like you thought of that book as a gateway to get into comics. And so did he. So it's just funny that that book is like that middle of the road where it's a serious, loosely based on actual things that happen in the war, but in comic form to try to get more serious readers into the medium. So Mm -hmm. it's just funny that you decide to pick that one as well as Jeff did. So I, I think that was really cool. I noticed that over Twitter over the weekend. So good. I, I really enjoy it. And I love the oversized as well. I'm not like a huge fan of oversized, but do TKO bring out all their They're all yes. that format. Yeah. You can buy individual issues really? from them, but their main focus is on the, the oversized trades. What's the next one I should read then? What's, what's the next one I should pick? Oh, up? Yeah. You should read Stenchian by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, okay. excellent. Yeah, it's very, Either very good. that or... Sci-fi? It's a sci-fi that. story. It's excellent. I've read almost all their titles, and there's not one that I've been disappointed with. Um, they have, it's, you can just go onto their website and pick a book, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Well, being this, we're only halfway through the first <laughs> category. <laughs> I think we should probably move on to what Tim's top three publishers were. Okay, so I decided to sort of just ignore Image, DC, and Marvel just because they're so well represented in my other categories. And on the basis of that, I was left with, and, and I love all those, so they could easily have been a top three, but the ones that I chose were, were Boom, which I think is just, they're just killing it right now. I, I, mainly, if I see a Boom book that comes out on a first issue, I'm just going to buy it because their track record this year, and even in 2019, has been so good. They've got Alienated, all the sort of Buffy stuff, King of Nowhere, Once in Future, Something's Killing the Children, Ghosted in LA was a great series that I loved from uh, 2019 into 2020. So I think they're great. I chose also Vault Comics that I think have also, and anything they write, I'm going to pick up a number one just because the track record's so good. The Plot, Necromancers, Maps, Sarah and the World Stars, a great book from this year, Black Stars Above. These Savage Shores, I, I again, oh, yeah. think that basically they're so good. And then I also chose TKO for three reasons. One, I think just the quality of the books is so interesting and they're getting great established writers and great newcomers. 
But I also love, I think they've made a real difference in terms of how they publish their books. Doing the straight to trade format and that oversized format is really cool, but you can buy the individual issues separately if you want to do that. And then third, I know, Joe, you had some problems with getting kickbacks to your LCS, but I liked, um, in, at least in the States, that you could, during the quarantine, or the, buy a TKO book, and they would kick back, uh, I think, like 50% of the yeah. price to, to an LCS well, of your choice. The only issue I had with that is when I tried to contact them to ask them questions about it, they never got back to me. And I reached out to them three or four times. Next, I want to know if it was good for Canadian comic shops, too. And I tried... Oh, yes. Through Twitter, I tried through their, I went online through their website. I went and no one ever got back to me to let me know. Oh, yeah. So you don't even know now whether that happened? I asked, uh, the last time I asked was in October and he still hadn't gotten the check. So that's Yeah. So when I did it, it was like within a couple of days, I got an email saying your LCS of your choice has been paid. And then I texted my um, owner and he was like, yep, we got it. Thank you. So I thought that was awesome. So I don't know if it was just like out of like, we're not going to, tell this guy that it won't work because then he won't buy our books. I don't know if that was kind of the mentality they were going with because they're afraid that if they I, they said no, I wouldn't buy anything for them. So they're like, let's stay silent and maybe he'll buy it anyway. And then let the, you know, chips fall where they may afterwards, you know? So I was a little, I was a little rubbed the wrong way for that. But yeah. I mean, the books themselves are all great. It's just, yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't like the business practice left me mm. a little sour. I think that's important as well because we're talking about the publisher as a holistic entity, really. Like a diversity of talent as well, not just necessarily the the end out. So over to you, Goose. I actually went with, I kind of went the same route that Tim did where I wanted to stay away from Image and DC and Marvel, mostly because they are so well represented. Uh, So the first one that I went with was AWA, Upshot Studios. They put out Year Zero. They put out uh, Grendel County and Ronin, a whole bunch of books this year. And everything that I've read from them, even the resistance that J. Michael Straczynski did, uh, and they've got a whole little universe they're building with that. Everything that I've got from them has just been incredible. And uh, I'm kind of, anything that they put out, I'm, I'm going to pick up just because their books have just been nonstop great the entire time. They've got Hotel that John Lees did, and that was probably one of the better horror comics that came out this year. They've got another one that uh, Ethan Sachs has just put out. It's the COVID Chronicles. He was a political journalist before he did uh, comics and stuff. The second publisher that I chose was uh, TKO. Anything they put out, I'm going to buy. And it's been that way since their wave one books, including those TKO shorts, which were just incredible little books. Oh, uh, I love the way that they're doing straight to graphic novel. And then after TKO, it was boom. Kind of like everybody was saying, boom has just put out nonstop great stuff this year. Uh, all the James Tinian stuff. So uh, it, it would be AWA, TKO, and boom. Oh, sorry, you finished. <laughs> I was just enjoying the... I, keep going. Uh, I was just bearing the fruits of your astonishing lexicon and I was entranced. Uh, and, and then it finished and I realised I was still just looking at the screen. You and Tara are head-to-head for quite some time. I mean, hopefully, literally, if I'm lucky. <laughs> Despicable. Right, okay. Next up is writer. And yeah, this one's really exciting one because we're in this golden age of comics. And it's one of the things that I, I can't abide by the comics gate wankers that they're saying that everything was better in the, the 90s was fucking terrible. <laughs> it was like, fair enough. Let's just say the quality that is supposed was there. But if you randomly selected 10 comics from a solicits list across the board from any generation, they're all as bad as each other until now. I think mm-hmm. actually in 2020, you, 
if you were to pick 10, you'd struggle to find five bad titles because the digital age has meant that people aren't working in offices. And I think comics was probably one of the first industries. And why it still has an ongoing success is physical media where everything else has failed is that the creatives have been working remotely for a very long while. And that means that it's not just America. It's not just English-speaking nations, it's South America, it's Southeast Asia. And there's this massive talent pool that's being expanded. And by that, it makes it more competitive. And it only makes it better for us as a consumer. I truly believe. So, writer, I think this one, we might have possibly 20 different answers on this. But I think this one, I think there might be one that, that we're all, uh, at least two or three of us are on. So... Joe, do you want to kick off with writer? Top three writers yeah. for 2020. It was a tough one because like you said, 2020 has been a solid year for comics, man. Like mm. so much good stuff. You know? So, you know, you all know I'm a big fan of Lemire and uh, this year he's uh, put out quite a few good titles. You know, like we said, Sentient, Gideon Falls came to a close this year, which was amazing. The guy just knocks it out. Now he's put out a plethora of just Black Hammer Universe books. Like he's put out a bunch of minis for all his characters in that universe. So Jeff Lemire for sure. Then of course, you know, I got to go with without Ewan. Dude in the Immortal Hulk, man, I, that's my jam, right? That's my Marvel book. I love that book. It's coming to a close too soon. 10 more issues and it's done. Yeah. Then my third, this is where I really had a hard time. And it came down to three different guys. I had Tinian, Rodney Barnes, and Spurrier. Barnes got eliminated quick because he only put out Philadelphia, whereas the two other guys have been putting out multiple books that were amazing. So then it came down to which guy did I enjoy in Spurrier 1? Because I loved his Hellblazer and I loved Alienated. So he managed to take, take the pot take the trophy from those two so it's Lemire, Ewan, Spurrier those are my three. Oh, I love it I, lo I love how we're getting like podcast favorites as well I love it <laughs> it feels like there's there's not an episode that goes by that we don't talk about Lemire or Spurrier or Ewan talk <laughs> it's fantastic those guys rock okay I'll pick up next the first name I had down and I can't add anything to what Joe said but any contest that doesn't have Lemire <laughs> front and center <laughs> is not a contest that has any validity so the second one is a little bit um out of context because i'm a little bit behind but everything i've read and everything i've heard of is 2020 i couldn't not have zadarsky in this some creatives you you might not even ever see their face over time but this guy is just so charismatic and and knowledgeable as well. While he has this extended levity and this great persona that he almost gives himself, when you hear him on podcasts and it's not just like little bites or tweets or, or his newsletter, he really respects <laughs> the format and he really has immersed himself in it from the beginning. Now, the third one, again, this is the toughest and it's going to go back to my publisher choice. Cullen Bunn, the guy is an absolute motherfucking machine. He <laughs> is relentless. You cannot keep up with everything that he writes. I have a game whereby I go on Amazon and put on his name. I go on to maybe the second page or the third page when it's not his Marvel stuff anymore. And then I just buy the first thing that comes and it's never bad. It's never bad. And because he's so horror-orientated as well, and I've said this on previous podcasts, but I think it's worth reinstating, that horror as a genre is very at the mercy of specific tropes. And once you've done a monster and a ghost or a possession or something and something and something, but this guy's got a catalogue of titles that just feel they all have a unique voice. The protagonists aren't just washed away in a crisis and they're just avatars for the antagonist to pursue. 
And what I love about him the most, and I don't know if it's him or an editorial choice, but there seems to be an, such an astute choice of artists for each of his books that just seem to match perfectly. And the way that there isn't the temptation to have, like Lemire has Sorrentino and Kate has Jeff Shaw, Remenda, Jerome Pena as well. He's just happy to have a new voice to each of his titles. But, but yeah, they're my three. And yeah, we will move on to Tara, please. Um, this was a difficult one for me, so I just want to reiterate that this is in no particular order whatsoever. I definitely had to put James Tinian on because I really have fallen for something is killing the children. I've been loving that Texas blood, so James Condon had to go on the list. Since this is in no particular order, dude, I'm going to admit to you that I have four names here and I'm not dropping them. Um, so... <laughs> I'm going to be your resident Rodney Barnes cheerleader, and he's on my list. I think the combination of uh, his words and stories with Jason Sean Alexander's images, I can't get past the synergy that they have together. And then I don't know if it was because of the interview that I saw or because of part of Blue and Green that I've gotten through, but Ron B, I've got to put on my list. So Jack, yes. for, for everybody listening, um, Jared's dropped in. And it's going to be his debut, I do believe. So if you'd just like to introduce yourself, Jared, <laughs> and tell the people who you are and where you come from. Well, my name is Jared Webb. I guess y'all call me the resident hillbilly. I'm from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. You'll find me on Twitter at JaredWebb1. I tweet about hip-hop, comics. It's rather a shit house, if I'm honest with myself. <laughs> 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 well, I like your honest appraisal, and I look forward to your honest appraisals of the upcoming categories. So uh, we'll come back to you, Jared. But for now, I would like to know Tim's top three writers in no specific order. Please take the floor, Tim. All right. So as you said, no specific order. My first is going to be um, Gene Luen Yang on the strength of Superman smashes the clan dragon hoops and a wonderful book that i don't think people are talking about enough and should be an ongoing series is um shang chi for marvel what a wonderful story so far um he's killed it and he's an interesting case too because i i think you could argue that he might be a newcomer i know he wrote a very very famous book american born chinese you know close to 15 years ago but he's really really broken through this year should I put him in newcomer category or best writer? I'd say both is. I think yeah. both is permissible for sure. He is just crushing it right now for all th uh, for for both Marvel, DC, and independent. Great. Second, I I'm gonna also agree with Matt that Chip Zdarsky's year is yet again outstanding. The guy just he writes no bad books. It's it's crazy. Stillwater. Um, I, I think Invaders even came into the 19. I mean, it's a 2019 book, but I think it came into 2020. I love that book. Mm -hmm. Daredevil is probably the best Marvel book going. Of course, X-Men Fantastic Four, he can't be stopped. And then I also agree with Tara. I like, uh, I think Tiny and the Fourth had a great year. One of my favorite independent books is Something is Killing the Children. I think we talk about that book a lot. But he also had, you know, Batman, uh, Department of Truth. Uh, I think it'll be a huge book. So that's my votes, my three. Fantastic. And it's um, Goose potentially is mapping out his future. I would like to know the future of... Uh, the writer category. Who are your top three, buddy? It's Donny Cates, uh, Kelly Thompson, and Jeff Lemire, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I forgot I had this big-ass map of Europe in this room, and uh, now I know what I like. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like to know. 
<laughs> I have to the say, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed you don't have your blue and white scarf on. I'll throw you in the Celtic Sea. But please don't do that. Unless it's a euphemism <laughs> for sexual experimentation. <laughs> okay, so we're, so Tara, you are no longer a, our fish. That's Jared. So, Jared, if you want to this <laughs> up on, first of all, top three publishers, then the top three writers, that would be very much appreciated. Thank you very much. All sir. right. So with me on the floor, my top three publishers, it was a little easier this year, because even though I'm a DC guy at heart, Marvel <laughs> killed it this year. They slide in at number three. Albatross Funny Books is, is my number two, because I'm allowed to be a homer, damn it. They're based out of Nashville. <laughs> and The Goon is a really solid book, if y'all ain't read it. I don't know how many of y'all in here have read the goon yeah yeah i have, uh, yeah, awesome. I have all those library editions they're so good number one i gotta go with boom between power rangers once and future once a future and power rangers are my tops from that studio far and away something is killing the children i believe it was a boom book. basic booms tied that one up like that's it isn't it like it's game over like i was the only person that didn't say boom i, th- I believe yeah my embarrassment now, I can tell you that. Much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, you're missing out by not reading any boom books, Matt. You... And that's that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then your writers, Jared, please. All right, my top three writers. Number three would be Eric Powell, who writes Goon, because once again, <laughs> I'm being get over it. Number two, I got to go with Robert Venditti. Between Hawkman and for DC, probably one of the best books that ran this year. I cannot recommend that book enough. Like, if you ain't reading it, you miss now. That was like your Deathstroke after Deathstroke, wasn't it? Like, everybody Yeah, <laughs> yeah I heard Hawkman sales were struggling. And I was like, man, I cannot let this one go by. <laughs> <laughs> and did it help? It did. It actually ended up going to number 30, I think. Well, which in I was that surprised. case, congratulations, Javis. Your your presence as an influencer is most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then number one, and this shouldn't come as a shock to Matt since he's known me a while, Kelly Thompson. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you put that in, Javis. Ahern, ahern. And next up is top three artists. So please, Joe, take it away. All right, so my three artists. I'll start off it's with a DC book, Far Sector, Jamal Campbell. That uh, The work he does on Far Sector is just amazing. That guy just rocks it, man. Uh, my number two, I have to go with, I can't shut out uh, Philadelphia in my, in my thing, so I'm going with Jason Sean Alexander. He's been doing a great job on that book. He gives the perfect tone to the story. Uh, he and Barnes work so well together on that book. I had to give uh, my two slot to Jason Sean Alexander. And I'm going to give uh, Sean Murphy my final slot because I love his style. It's got a little bit of a European and manga mix of the two. It's not your typical style that you see in a lot of North American books. And I just love it. Uh, I, I, I can't think of a single book he's drawn that I didn't like. So uh, number three definitely has to go to Sean Murphy. So those are my three. And now I think we will ask Tara to dance. Please take the floor, Tara. So I'm going to say no particular order for the whole day. It just stands. <laughs> but I'm going to lead out with one that you just had, which is Jason Sean Alexander. Love everything I've seen him do. I don't know if you've ever been to his website, Studio JFA, JSA, rather, but he does fine art along with the 
comic artists, I'm sure a lot of people do, but seeing both contrasted, impressive and hard to forget and seeing some of his demo, if you ever have time to watch on his YouTube channel, some of the demos are, are just amazing. So he's my number one. Some people who've caught my eye, I guess, um, Steph Phillips, A Man Among Me, one of her early books, and she's slated to, she's going to do the new Harley Quinn stuff. She also just defended her doctorate in the middle of all that. So I just have to give her extra props. That's a lot <laughs> to be doing at once. And my third one, I was torn between Jacob Phillips because of how I felt about that Texas flood and Mirka Andalpo that did Mercy just because it was different than a lot of the other stuff that I've seen. And I was trying to find something so that all the people didn't look exactly the same. Whichever one you wrote down, Tim, we'll just stick with it. How about that? Don't tell me. Well, I haven't written any of them down. I'm waiting for your uh, your final vote here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay jacob phillips okay okay so i'm gonna go next before i give them because all three of them are omnipotently equal and it's because they do their own line work and their own coloring i think there's a special thing when an artist has the capabilities of of color as well within the restrictions of doing it to a monthly solicit is fucking hard and the benefit of it is that it gives an artist an implicitly homogeneous style with complete creative control, complete creative freedom. I know there are some great double acts out there, but I think that when you have one guy that is relentlessly just pursuing this individual style, I, I just think it makes for a, 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 a well, almost a single man marriage of of art styles it's truly something. and each of these three guys are very different one is almost like a digital watercolor one is almost an optimization of digital and one is just fucking essay loco fucking crazy um but with that rod reese simon kadransky and mike del mundo uh, mike del mundo would be if i was blinded in my sleep tonight and in 50 years time he would still be in my top three of 2070 Del Mundo's been around for a lot longer, but the other two I think have really come to the fore, uh, especially with the X, the X titles. They're my three artists. That's Rodri, Simon Kudransky, and Mike Del Mundo. Okay, got I've it. Seen none of you guys? Sansa's got dogs barking. That's how good mine were. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then it's um, then it's your turn, then Tim, please. All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, first Andrea Sorrentino on the strength of Gideon Falls. Second, agree with Joe on the Jamal Campbell pick. I thought that book is so great, start to finish. The and the art is such a plus on that book. It's already so it's already so well done, but the art really drives it to a new level. And I also agree with Joe on Sean Murphy. I love Sean Murphy's work. I thought he had a great year. He's been so good over time. I had a I don't know great twenty twenty. So those are my three. I really wish I put a big chewing sweet in my mouth now. But Goose, Goose, you want to go there? <laughs> yes, I, I, I do. I'd like you to. Um, I'd like anyone to stop me from talking. <laughs> first on the list, I'm going to say Ryan Lee. His work that he did on Mountainhead this year was just absolutely incredible. Probably my favorite artist of the year. Uh, after that, it's going to be Andrea Sorrentino. Not just because of Gideon Falls, but because of that Joker killer smile thing he did with Jeff Lemire, who we all know is the king of comics right now. And then uh, the third one, Daniel Warren Johnson, for his work that he did on Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. He's got this art style that is just instantly recognizable and different. And um, I, I love all of his work. Matt, you just recently read Murder Falcon. How'd you like that? 
I like it that much. I only read um, parts of it each night, so it doesn't finish. And I, and I looked at it last night and I went, I'm not ready for it to end yet. So You're not yeah, ready for it to end. It's so good. It's a good one. It's in my top 10 of the year, that one, for sure. Perfect. As eloquent as ever as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Jared, over to you, pal. All right, so my third artist, believe it or not, Eric Kyle didn't make this list because he didn't draw enough this year. (laughs) (laughs) So number three would probably be uh, Jamal Campbell, like Tim mentioned. I absolutely loved Far Sector and even, yeah, mostly just Far Sector where every month it would be the best drawn comic on the stands. And yes, I'll take that to the bank. Number two would probably be Simone DeMeo. He drew... In the year of our Lord, 2020, he drew, I believe, uh, the black and white version of uh, the TMNT Ian Power Rangers crossover. They released a black and white edition of that. He drew a cover for She-Hulk, and he drew the uh, Endless War, Endless Winter, pardon me, tie-in of Teen Titans. And then number one, number one was a hard choice for me, but I got to go with Sean Murphy. That's because his style just, it sticks out to me every time. Like yeah. every time I see a book of his on the stands, the art just sticks out to me, and I'm like, I gotta buy this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did he do Tokyo I... Ghost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my ignorance is obvious. And I'll wear it as a badge of pride as well. It lets people know what to expect. <laughs> Expectations are lowered, and then I bamboozle them with my real self. Fuck <laughs> 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 fuckers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I also forgot one book uh, that Simone DeMeo drew this year. It's uh, Al Ewing's new creator-owned book through yeah. Boom, and I didn't yeah. rave about it earlier. Uh, we only find them when they're dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that oh. Can we stop mentioning Boom, because I didn't put it in my top three, or I'll just edit it out afterwards. <laughs> you are missing. Like, you really do need to read uh, some. We only find them when they're dead. Like, I know, like, we all know Shaq and, you know, Mr. Philadelphia. <laughs> so good. So, I he do, even Jared. has to admit that that book is good. Jared, what you're forgetting, mate, what you're forgetting, I was like Marvel, like nailed in. And then three, three, three and a half years ago, I met a certain gentleman called Jared Webb, one online that said, have you ever thought about reading anything that's not Marvel? I went, no, nah, not really. And he went, well, you probably should do. I went, all right, I'll give it a go. You seem like a decent enough bloke. I've enjoyed our uh, conversation so far. Let's see what you can got for me, mate. And then I'll decide whether it's good or not. So he, he gave me, he sent me, he said, get letter 44 by Charles Saul. And all of a sudden, it was like the first hit of heroin. I was like, Jared, Jared, have you got any more? Jared, have you got any more? What's next? What's next? And then like these floodgates just burst open and there was this entire history of comics. And I was trying to read like maybe 20, 30 years of history as soon as I could just absorb in it one after the other. So yeah, I think when you're trying to read everything in such a short amount of time that it's actually That's why Black Label for DC, if you want to read some DC, hit Black Label. It's so accessible. Yeah. You don't have if you want to get yeah. into DC and just enjoy it without being overwhelmed, go Black Label. It's great. In, in actual fact, what. I started with um with New 52 for the exact reason that they did the reset because it was an easy thought for someone like me to go into it. And I've, I've been really enjoying picking up that that bit by bit. I mean, I'm he- hearing nothing but astonishing stuff about Black Label. So it's quite funny, actually. The only reason why I thought about reading DC, and it wasn't by bipartisan nonsense. Marvel was so expansive at that point. I thought I cannot afford 
in time or money to, to, <laughs> to double this with DC. And the only reason why I did it was Tom King's vision. I went into my LCS and said, oh, what's his, what's his Batman like? And the guy that I was speaking to just so happened to be a Batman fan. He says, forget about that. Start with Snyder. And now sort of three years on, I've got about 50 New 52 paperbacks with like Demon Knights <laughs> and I Vampire and, and Wonder Woman and all kinds Demon, of, yeah. Demon Knights Vampire was sadly underrated. And Joe sadly. talking about Black Label, those imprints, I'll make DC my number four this year. Just because the imprints do just enough, it keeps right. DC bottoming out entirely for me because i the main line it, abs- it absolves dc of all their sins for me like <laughs> uh, i mean that black label saves them well the thing that happened with rebirth is that number one the doomsday clock delays absolutely murdered it doomsday clock was supposed to be the conclusion of rebirth and everything was supposed to come Let's back be and- easy bringing up doomsday clock you might want to turn the Turn yourself off. <laughs> Go on, look, Goose, get it off your chest. Go on, son, get some. <laughs> Go on, son. <laughs> I'm okay today. Came over and then, then Bendis came over, and then we all know Bendis wrecks everything. <laughs> uh, oh, Jared, just out of interest, have you been? Did you read any of Bendis' Superman? I tried to. I read it off and on. I liked his action more than his Superman. The narrow stuff that he had going on in action, even though it kind of went eh for me around Leviathan. The Ramita artwork is kind of hard to look at, honestly. I usually don't. Art doesn't really turn me off, but that is just a bit of a struggle for me personally. Ah, uh, yeah. Like that guy is so weird because he can knock out the most beautiful pages, and then you turn the next page, it's probably the most god awful drawing you've ever seen. Yeah. He's so inconsistent. He's so inconsistent. It's crazy. Well, I think the problem is lead time. I don't think DC gave him no lead time to draw Superman. That's what, that's what I think too, because you see some books he works on, and it's just phenomenal, mm-hmm. spectacular work. And then other ones, it's I think, like you said, deadlines, man, kills him, just kills him. He can't work with the tight deadline, I don't think. Yeah, because I liked him on uh, Silencer whenever he drew the first few issues of that. I adore his Spider-Man run. To me, his Spider-Man art absolves him of his sins. Yeah. And that's coming from a man that just um, visited church. So I think that's that comes with quite a lot of uh, heft. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the next one. And I have to admit, it's it's one that I only have two entries on because I proposed the category because I think it's one that's necessary and also a good one to think about. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought that maybe I've fucked myself. <laughs> and that is the best newcomer. So if we extend it to, say, somebody that's appeared in comics over the last 12 months or someone that's come to notoriety, at least, in the last 12 months, and yeah, we'll start with Joe as we have them. Well, I have two entries, but it's it's pairs. So it's almost like having four. So my number one is the Miranda Brothers. These guys write We Live for Aftershock. And this book is just knocking me out, man. This this book is so good. It's three issues in. So if you guys can still jump on, I think you could probably still track down all the issues. But if you haven't, jump on this. This book is phenomenal. And my number two would have to go to another, uh, go to a scout comic. It's uh, Brian Whitman, Kevin Castianero. Those two, the story with the art, the combination of the two, it's just great. Like it, it's a short run. It first arc was just three issues, but it's three issues of just mad action, gore. It's it's wonderful. It's funny. It's It's got everything. Okay, I'll pick up from Joe. And the first one I'm going to go for is Benjamin Percy. I think, what he did with X-Force and also 
Damn it. What was the zombie book he did? Is it Year Zero? Yeah, Year Zero. Sorry. Thank you. You have heavy expectations going into what an X title will be, what a zombie title will be. And I think it's almost the opposite of what Kate's did with things like Redneck, whereby you set the law and the world building and expand out from that with and concentrate on relationships. But what he did with both of those titles is he said, okay, you guys know, I don't need to tell you what's going on. You don't need to know what this team is or what the X-Men are or, or what a zombie apocalypse is. He just concentrated on writing the best story he possibly could. In both cases, something that could be seen as a tight genre, but just simply by adding his writing style or voice to it, that he managed to take it into different sort of realms. The second one, and this is a bit of a pet choice for me. I just love the voice that Jed McKay has brought to Marvel this year. He did the Daredevil a limited series, Man Without Fear. He's currently writing Taskmaster. I read his Daughters of the Dragon. And he also did a Black Cat. I think that when you're writing superheroes, that it's a rush to the punch. And sure, there is the action sequences that are written to a plum, that he has this line of humour that the MCU does. There is humour in the MCU films. It doesn't ever detract from the severity of the villainy or the severity of the action. And I think that Jed McKay just has this wonderful voice where he can provide tragedy and levity in the context of superhero comics that, that I've probably not read since Zdarsky started when he was doing things like Star-Lord. So yeah, they're my two choices and I'm going to bail on the third, but Benjamin Percy and Jed McKay. Sarah? Yes. Okay. So I didn't mean to copy you, but I only have two people also. One is I'm excited because Joe named it <laughs> before me and it's because of you Joe that I believe you gave me a direct order the other day to sit my ass down and read we live right that second yes so Miranda Brothers <laughs> are on my list because of that see I do things I'm told event like I shouldn't say eventually sometimes sometimes <laughs> I do them and that's what makes okay. you the perfect wife <laughs> does what it's told no <laughs> I'll get you later um <laughs> Uh, well, I bet the, you will. The, 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 um, <laughs> there's I'm nothing I can say that <laughs> Please continue. I I'm, I can't. I'm busy blushing. So uh, <laughs> the oldest woman left in the world who can still blush. Um, so for the other one, I'm I'm revisiting Ron V again because of blue and green. And honestly, that was uh, uh, the newcomer corner. I was so sh unsure of out it's kind of like what you said like I, in the back of my head that sounded like a great idea and then when it came time to name them i'm like yeah yeah well it sounds like we have a winner because it's going to be the only person with two votes and that's because joe recommended it i think should we all just say that because joe brothers. would have recommend joe's recommended it to all of us in previous podcasts and that we've just not had the opportunity to read yet that by um, I, think, I think Goose has read it. I'm pretty sure Goose has read it. Oh yeah, it's well. pretty good. <laughs> okay, well let's test my theory. Well, Sorry, Tim, but I'm going to skip you on this one. We'll come back. Yeah. No, no worries. And Goose, would you like to confirm or dismiss <laughs> my theory? Who, who do you have for your top three newcomers? My top three newcomers. Uh, they actually don't have the Miranda Brothers in them. I'm sorry about that one. That's uh, my top three newcomers. Revisiting Ryan Lee from Mountainhead. This was his first big project, and I think he really knocked it out of the park. My second on the list was, let me check real quick. It was Peach Momoko. Uh, the, she mainly does cover art for the most part, but she came on the scene this year and literally took it by storm. 
they I mean there were people just just paying ungodly amounts for her covers and uh she also she'll be having her own book i think with marvel she got in there what there stormbreakers or something like that and so uh uh, she's in there and then my third one is actually car andrews he did a lot of the covers for year zero but he also wrote erratic erratic was super good i really enjoyed it and yeah i thought he he really made a name for himself this year in the awa company he really did a bunch of good only one issue came out so that's why i struck it because he'll probably be in my 2021 he only wrote that one issue but he did all almost all five cover arts for for year zero and i thought those covers were absolutely incredible the one where the family's like at the picnic and the and the guy's on fire like and just incredible so just not only his writing but his art as well that he did for those covers and so those are my top three newcomers okay then we'll double back to tim our scribe (laughs) all right first ram v i'm with tara on this uh blue and green uh justice league dark catwoman great stories there love his work second eve ewing on her marvel work champions the outlaw sort of pseudo event i don't i don't know whether that was a sort of covid um casualty but um i've loved that that in terms of like promoting that event but i've loved the, that event third christopher cantwell uh, again on his marvel work dr doom and iron man i thought were tremendous tremendous um did you read uh eve ewing's iron heart by any chance yes yes i did and love that book that was her first marvel book i think right i think it was yeah I was with Goose, uh, at least partially, that I love the character. And I think that it was one of the, the most ad hoc, shoehorned origins from new Marvel character. However, I loved the idea of the character. And I loved that if we're going on Legacy, I, I did like the character. So it's good. Yeah, it's real good to know. So you, that's, um, well, I see with your arms crossed that you're either looking at me in dismay or your, uh, your job done. Oh, were you asking me a question? I must have missed it. What, what's the question? No, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It was just, this, it was the most stern I've ever seen you look. Your jovial oh. appearance had oh. faded into this stern old, oh, old yeah. sitting back in your chair. What is this fucking idiot saying to me this time? <laughs> And to be honest with you guys, I'm not even, I don't even mind that. I'm just surprised it's taken this long for someone to look at me that way. (laughs) Yeah, we will move on to Jared. And Jeb, would you like to dazzle and amaze and stretch your eyes and face as much as you possibly can? (laughs) That was was another visual joke that's not going to land on the podcast. But fuck it, we need to confuse these people so we can whip them with uh, the the big bombs. So yeah, Jared, go, go ahead, pal. Your top three newcomers. Uh, my top three newcomers. Number three, I got to go with Rod Barnes because I can't entirely shut Philadelphia out of my <laughs> urine awards. I mean, I, I did vote for that book in a poll, so I got to give it one award. Number two, I got to go with Chris Condon. I haven't said much about it so far, but I have loved that Texas blood. Probably because I'm being a homer again. But Tell me about it. <laughs> my number one, and this was the hardest call I've ever had to make, N.K. Jeminson. Oh yeah, as far sector at DC. Yeah, nicely done. I was thinking of it. I was thinking of it. Yeah. Oh, I could just hit myself in the head. I didn't even have a third slot filled. Yeah, and then I would like to have an honorable mention. Yeah, I like an honorable mention to Ram V. It was so hard for me to pick between Ram V and N.K. Jeminson because I've loved Catwoman ever since he took over. I've loved J.L. Dark since he took over, and and I'm pretty sure Joe or Tim might have memories all the way back there. I even loved these Savage Shorts that he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, still in my that's partially why I got excited for him taking over Just Like Dark, because I love these Savage Shorts so much. He's going to be doing Swamp Thing. 
Yes, and I am yeah. hyped for that. Fucking right, man. I can't wait for that shit. Yeah. New Swamp Thing, new rider. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, I'm down. I'll, I'll bet y'all cash. I'll bet y'all cash money. Ram V ends up in my to my top three next year. Yeah, well, someone's got to replace Immortal Hulk, and I think that might be it. Definitely something that's on my shopping list. Although I said that I'm not going to buy anything for the whole of January. <laughs> that's never going to fucking happen. All yeah, this, we'll all this happened in the last 10 days. I've been adding stuff to my Amazon basket because I'm like, it was like people at the beginning of COVID bought buying bug roll because there was a shortage. I'm just filling up my Amazon basket. Yeah, but Matt, if you don't buy anything in January, it just means you buy double in February. Doesn't that just defeat the purpose? Oh, you, you've not seen my to-read list. You might as well just buy it in January, man. I mean, no, come no, on. No, 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 no. No, because, because I have no control anyway. Like, literal no control. Blake was the worst thing if you don't me because Blake's collection is so sophisticatedly curated and that, that he'd be posting stuff. And it's almost kind of like this this what you should be buying list and every time blake posted something i'll be like oh yeah i think i'd like to own that i don't know if i'd say it's sophisticated but uh he definitely has a large collection (laughs) he needs to invest in some goddamn shelves Fuck, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's oh. the problem, though. You just look at his floor. Oh, like, yeah. It's almost like a chessboard. Rook nine. Yeah, that position. <laughs> I'll order that back tomorrow. <laughs> I should know this. I've just started watching The Queen's Gambit. Oh, that is good. It's such a good show. That show does a great job just incorporating that chess with her whole, the span of her whole entire life right up till, you know, the finale. It's It's so well done. It's so well done. How did you feel, though, when you found out it wasn't based on true events? I'm sure it's inspired by a bunch of different stories here and there. It has to be. I mean, come on. It has to be. So, no, it's great. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome show. I mean, a lot like Alan Moore, the tale of his life was inspired by... I mean, he has almost become like a caricature in his own in his own comic. <laughs> <laughs> Does he actually think he's a wizard or has he just called himself a wizard? Like Grant Morrison said that he is actually a god of his own characters and they are as real as he is. Well, I know he doesn't like being in the spotlight anymore, so that's quite outspoken, so... I know he hates DC. He resented them because of the popularity of Watchmen despite him having residuals. He wanted to take full ownership of Watchmen because of what it had become and dc ever since he wrote it have been on at him to do a, a sequel and when they realized he was so adamantly against giving them anything in return for him just having sole ownership to Watchmen, it actually reached a point where before doomsday clock came out they gave him everything he wanted <laughs> if you write us Watchmen 2 then we will give you full ownership of the Watchmen universe and he said fuck you i am not writing anything from dc you brought up grant morrison you want to talk about a weird background didn't he have like crazy anti-government parents had this whole fear of this bomb thing or was that a different right his upbringing was like i think they all were I don't know if this is an anecdote that I've told before, but Liefeld was the only person that would give him a job at that point because he had burned all his bridges across the um, main publishers because he couldn't write to order. And Liefeld said, yep, it was the same for me, but how can you ignore a talent such as Alan Moore? And if I can get a name like that on my new publishing venture, then, then fuck, who am I to turn it down? And to be fair to Liefeld, this is probably the only positive story I'll ever say about him. He said that he would always be six months behind solicit and what would happen was he would a lot like the happy mondays when they went to the caribbean to get off heroin and then found it was like an opium like paradise that they refused to record any songs they ran out of money from their advance they sold all the equipment in the studio and then held their label to ransom for more money to say we've written five of the ten songs you want 
we refuse to write the remaining five until you send us another big load of money um, to buy more drugs. Of course, the studio completely folded because it's the Happy Mondays and, they, and after their first album, that's what everybody wanted. And it was the same thing that Alan Moore was doing to Rob Liefeld. He'd be six months late. He'd demand an advance. He'd do that all in cocaine. He'd send him like 50 pages overnight and then he'd demand another advance or he'd refuse to write any more <laughs> fucking pages for him. <laughs> Spent most of um, he spent most of the nineties um, saying that he was an actual wizard, didn't he? So that, that kind of we'll pick it up with best comics TV series this year, and we'll start with Joe. All right, so I got the number one, The Boys. That second season was killer. Uh, then I'd have to go with Umbrella Academy season two. That was killer, and then another season two, Doom Patrol. All the season twos of these shows were fucking awesome. Boom, that's my three. I'll pick this one up. I will go with boys without question. Uh, second one, I'm going to cheat a little bit because the whole season dropped right at the end of 2019. But I think that when it's within a week of 2020 and you have 12 episodes to watch, then I think that's fair game. I'm going to go with Runaways Series 3. I think the whole series was fantastic. I love the way that it was driving you towards this teen drama and with, but the way that it subverted everything in every single series uh yeah really really enjoyed that and i've got to go with agents of shield had its ups and downs first one was a train wreck and i think that the best thing that happened to it was the winter soldier happening in the in the mcu because it gave them an opportunity to reset everything i think from that point it went from strength to strength think that over its course it's a marvel tv series that lasted for seven seven series of a marvel tv show ridiculous I, I, I just think that that deserves a special mention. So Tara? Okay, this is going to sound partly like a repetition or a, let's call it an affirmation. Yeah, the, the boys, Umbrella Academy, they both blew me away. And then for my third one, I just want you to know that I can finally find Doom Patrol on one of my streaming services and I'm excited about watching it. So that's, that's what I anticipate being my third one. And that's All right, it. sounds good. Uh, I also voted for the boys. What a show! Uh, oh, I don't know what to say about it other than that. I got HBO Max to to watch this stuff, but I, I'm gonna also vote for Doom Patrol. I, you know, admittedly, I didn't watch a whole lot of TV this last year, but the stuff that I did watch, I thought was tremendous. Read for this year would have to be the boys for sure. Is number one. Uh, I think everybody kind of that was unanimous. Uh, number two would be. Doom Patrol and number three would be that animated Harley Quinn series. That's oh, actually oh, some yeah. shit to watch. Yeah, I was waiting for someone to drop that one, man. I haven't watched it yet, but Ew. I've heard a lot about it. Oh, I want to go back super good. I love now. cartoons. <laughs> you can't. No, I know. Answers are finite. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going to start from the top. My number one is got to join the choir, The Boys. Yeah. Yeah, everything from the humor yeah. to the acting, like I still laugh every time. Like Homelander, oh, yeah, every push off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is everything that is great about that show. Um, I tell you what, did you know that that scene was actually an outtake from the first series? They thought it was too crude to put as the ending, so they they made them reshoot the ending to the first series, and then the ending to the second series was supposed to be Homelander floating in space over the Earth, looking ominously at it, as in you fuckers wait to see what I've got coming for you. <laughs> but but then the producers said they didn't want to end on something that 
that was so foretold and opened itself up to future seasons before they had script. So what they did was then they greenlit the wanking scene from the, the first scene. scene yeah. yeah, and they said, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I can do it. It seems, it seems more fitting considering the season. As an aside, The Boys is probably one of the first and maybe only comic book adaptations that are better than the comic. Yeah, I've heard that. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Or nobody read The Boys. I don't care how big an NS fan you are. Do not read The Boys. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Oh, shit. Pennywise. Pennyworth. That was yeah. so good. Yeah, that was 2019 as well. Oh, we should have been doing this last year. Where were you fucking there, <laughs> man? It's me bursting with ideas and vitality. And now I'm just a worn out husk of a, as an entertainer. <laughs> Number two, but- I had to toss a and the coin landed on the Umbrella Academy side. Yeah. yeah. It was good, Number man. two. And number three, I'm going to be the one dissenting voice because more people need to watch this show, Stargirl. I haven't watched it yet. I heard it's good. Anyone who's followed me long enough knows that I'm a CW hater. Yeah, I'm not the biggest CW fan either. I, I watched Arrow for the first couple of seasons, and then I, I sort of thought this is just, it's just mood music and Dawson Creek fucking speeches. <laughs> Or OC. OC for you, Jared, if maybe you're not old enough. <laughs> I suppose OC is probably above uh, above your age as well. I said, what, what do kids watch these days? <laughs> uh, don't ask me. Look, when I was in seventh grade, I was watching the freaking Godfather, so. <laughs> <laughs> we may have gone to seventh grade together. I watched older stuff than I was supposed to, too. That's all. Sorry. Like By the time I was a senior in high school, my class president was like, Jared, why do you like Goodfellas? That ain't a very nice movie for your agent. I'm like, and? And it's good. Now go back to Twilight over there. <laughs> well, maybe I just ain't such a nice fella. <laughs> <laughs> this one should be pretty easy. It's streaming platform. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to push together for me over here, Guy Go in HBO because they're pretty much the same platform with content wise. But yeah, the best streaming platform, please, Joe. Uh, number one, I have to go with Disney Plus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fucking Disney Plus sucks balls, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Disney Plus. My number one is Netflix, but. I had to, uh, Prime has been fucking stepping their game up the last couple of years. So I don't know, Prime's getting right up there with Netflix for me. And then because we don't have HBO Max or DC Universe, we have Crave, which kind of incorporates parts of the two. So I have to go with Crave for my number three. I'm going to go with Sky Go, which basically has all their HBO content. It's just relentless, isn't it? HBO, what they're doing now. And also Sky Go Originals with uh, Joseph Gilgan from Preacher called Brassett. And they also have one with Maisie Williams. The, the amount of content is secondary to the quality of it. It's more curated. Second, Amazon. I think their originals, again, probably succeeded what Netflix are doing. And I think, again, it's more specific aim content than it is just producing as much as we can to get the catalog up. And then third choice, Netflix. So, yeah, pretty straightforward. Mine's straightforward, too. Started with Netflix, then Prime especially because of how they'll let you access mm-hmm. things, pay-per-based basis if you don't want to buy a whole channel. And HBO Max, which is the same as, what is this? Yeah, Sky Go. And that's that. Tim, Timony, Tim, Tim. All right, me, HBO Max. The DC section is just so great. I, I, I'd never had access to that before because I didn't have any DCU stuff since they uploaded all that or since Roku adopted HBO Max about you know two or three weeks ago, I've been just basically binging it, um, DC stuff on that. So good. And number two, Netflix. 
on the strength of a lot of the Marvel stuff that they had been doing. I'm, I'm catching up on, I know it's much of it is old, but I'm catching up on a lot of it. So I've been watching quite a bit of that um, in 2020. And then I am going to have to vote for Disney plus. Sorry. <laughs> on the ground. I thought they were going to get uh, shut out. <laughs> I, lo- I love, here's the thing. I, I love, I, a lot of the Marvel stuff, especially the animated stuff I had never watched before or hadn't had a chance to since it was originally on TV, like the X-Men animated series when I was a kid, you know? And so revisiting that has been excellent. Same stuff with the Star Wars. And I love having all the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies just start, sort of like located in one specific spot. And on the promise of the Marvel shows coming out, I'm very excited about many of these. So I'm going to have to give my vote. And of course I have kids, so it's like truly yeah. a godsend. Yeah. Disney Plus alone has allowed me to read like 200 comics this year because they're just sitting there watching. <laughs> Definitely Mo- a good you know, Moana or something like that. So anyway, those are mine. Mine are uh, again. My number one uh, is Hulu because I watch the shit out of Hulu. Mostly because it's got it's always sunny in Philadelphia and uh, a couple other shows on it that I just binge watch all the time because they like comfort shows. I, I use Hulu way more than Netflix. And then my second one was going to be HBO Max because of all the great shit that it has on it. Yeah. And then my third one was um, Amazon Prime. But what I like about Prime as well is they seem that they're, they're willing to commit to eccentricities in the format as well. It's not necessarily trying to mediate everything to a ground that everyone will enjoy it. They'd be happy to create something that's good enough for everybody to enjoy it, irrespective of what the, the medium or, or representation might be. So that's it, boys and girls. We gone done. We gone done. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for putting those lists together. I think we've done a really good job, actually. I think we've we've been balanced, even, enthusiastic, enthralling, and emancipated from bias. So, yes, uh, that only leaves us to put together the final lists. And, again, special thank you, Tim, for putting together i'm as excited as anyone listening i imagine to find out who's the winner so please tim take it away with the big one publisher top three vote getters for publisher five votes for image five votes for boom four votes for marvel top three very nice uh writer writer please tim yes top three vote getters for writer at the top, Jeff Lemire, three votes. And then a three-way tie for second between Chip Zdarsky, James Tiny in the thir- uh, the fourth, and Kelly Thompson. Oh, yes. Yes. Artist. Uh, let's see. Three votes for Jamal Campbell and three votes for Sean Murphy. And then in third with two votes, Jason Sean nice. Alexander. Uh, newcomer, please. Newcomer. This is a tricky one. We have two. We have two. A two-way tie for first between the Miranda brothers with two votes and Ram V with two votes, and then many people with one vote. We're saying it's my choices came third. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> well done, guys. Thanks for contributing. Didn't count. <laughs> uh, and next, it was the comics TV series. TV series, this one's straightforward. We got Boys, number one, with six. Doom Patrol, number two, with four votes. And Umbrella Academy coming in third with three votes. That's good. I like that list. That's good. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, streaming platform, please. Streaming, we have number one, Amazon Prime. with Well, actually, let me a point of order. Matt, do you want to roll your um, SkyGo into HBO or do you want to have it separate? Oh no! This, it's it's basically the same. Sky Go yeah. picks up all the HBO content here, so 
Okay, so then a two-way tie atop streaming platforms for HBO slash HBO Max and Amazon Prime, each with four votes, and then Netflix with three votes. So that's it. I, I've enjoyed that. That was a good couple of hours spent, guys. Yeah, fun. Yeah, definitely. So the fantastic thing about doing this with you guys is just the, the wealth of knowledge that is there. And, and even now that it's the end of year, despite having discussions with you during the year, that there's still things that jump out and things that I want to read. It's, uh, it's just a great experience doing this with you guys so thanks for being involved in and thanks for contributing well thank you it's been a well, pleasure fun being here with you. hopefully the year to come will be as much fun yeah i, I think so <laughs> i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a lot of fun 2020 was because 2020 was a killer man there were so yeah. many great cannot be a yeah <laughs> oh, I thought you meant in general. I'm like, if 2021 says hold my beer, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's hope 2021 is nice to us, please. Please, Lord. Yeah. Get Jared back. Where is he? Church for all of us today. <laughs> Right, so that only leaves us to say goodbye to everybody. So, Joe, do you want to bid farewell, please? Yeah, so so long to everyone. That was our final show for 2020. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed what we've put out there so far and have yourselves a great end of year. Good stuff. Tara, how have you found your full debut after the Crimbo party? And are you going to be joining us again? And bid farewell to the... To the and it is uncomfortable saying it, but nonetheless, we do have fans. <laughs> well, uh, I'm excited to be here with you for the end of the year show. And I hope to be back for, yeah, I'm not leaving unless you make me. How's that? That sounds like divorce proceedings and I can't afford it. So you're here as long as you'll have me. I'm here. <laughs> I need that green card as we discussed. Yes, well, shh. <laughs> Mustn't tell everyone about the arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Tim, would you like to bid farewell to the air and to our swathes of adoring masses? <laughs> yes, please. Happy New Year to all of you guys, my friends, and to all of our listeners. And uh, I'm looking forward to our first full year on the NPOD. Yeah. So look forward to that in 2021. Very well put. Me too. Me too. Yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting. I feel that we've, we've, we've done some good things this year in our yeah. br brief spell together. And uh, yeah, it is. It's exciting. I can't wait for it to see what we do next year. Goose, set the juice loose about the hoose. I'm sad last year of 2020, but uh, it's been a fun year, and I hope there's more fun times ahead. I'm really excited to eat this popcorn right now, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys uh, next year. Have fun. Thought you will. And with the empty screen that is Jared, I'm going to speak on behalf of him and say um, thank you very much for having me here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was hungry and I had to go and I appreciate you all. So that leaves me. And yeah, just to punctuate what you said, it's been an absolute delight sharing my Sunday afternoons with these guys. And it's gone far beyond my expectations of what we could achieve. I'm really proud of what each person has contributed to this uh, legitimately. Like heartfeltly, it's been something that when I upload each night to uh, all the different platforms, it surprises me how how good and how well these guys have performed. And it was only seeing that talent that made me put this together. So I'm thankful for everybody that's contributed and long may it continue. And yeah, here's to 2021. And that only leaves me to say we have been, and this is the end.
Bravo. Well done, guys. Fantastic one. I really enjoyed right. that today. Ha, 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 ha.